why Quinn Ewer's potential return to Texas next year could be in the best interest of everybody involved. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are discussing the potential return of Quinn Ewers to the University of Texas in the first segment. Second segment, how would that decision affect Malik Murphy and Arch Manning moving forward? And then the last segment, this Black Friday, the keys to beat. Texas Tech in the last regular season Big 12 game ever in DKR. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So some more late analysis. I apologize. Blame the Xfinity slash Comcast tech that cut my wire last week and left me without internet and the inability to produce this podcast. But last week we got the news um, or some sourcing that said that Quinn Ewers was leaning towards a possible return uh, to the University of Texas. I think the highest percentage, hypothetical percentage I saw was 90%. So, you know, even though, you know, although a decision hasn't been made yet and, you know, I'm sure they're going to weigh, you know, all of the factors after the season, you know, especially, you know, depending on what happens over these next couple of games for Quinn and the University of Texas, it seems as though, you know, the family has decided that right now the best decision for Quinn Ewers would be to forego the NFL draft and come back to Texas for another year. And I have to say that I was surprised by the, the by that news. I know some people, a lot of Texas fans said that they weren't, um, but I came into the season with the impression that Quinn Ewers would play really well this year. He has played really well this year. His draft stock would improve, and then he would, after his second year at the University of Texas, enter the NFL draft, and we would move on to Malik Murphy or Arch Manning. But clearly, based on the way that things have gone this year and the amount of talented quarterbacks that are in this draft class, like I said, Quinn Ewers and his family have determined that there's more value in returning to Texas next year than going to the NFL draft as a second or third round pick and spending time on the bench as a backup, right? When you're probably making the same money either way. <laughs> you know, So you might as well come back to the University of Texas and compete for championships. And it looks like that's the decision that Quinn Ewers is going to make. And that could be a really good decision for Quinn Ewers in terms of improving his draft stock um, next year. And that could be a really good decision for the University of Texas in terms of having a known and having a really good quarterback at the University of Texas going into the SEC next year in 2024. So when you look at Quinn Ewers' potential return, I think it makes sense for two reasons. One, because your draft status would improve just because this year is a stacked quarterback class. Next year, you would stand out a little bit more in a weaker quarterback class. And then also you have a chance another year um, to develop your skill set, right? And get better at the college level and impress NFL evaluators to the point to where they're now looking at you at a top five, top 10, top 15 pick where Quinn Ewers and his family feels like he belongs. And based on his pedigree and his talent level, he certainly could play his way into that top 15 status in the NFL draft in 2024 if he spent another year at the University of Texas. So when you look at the stat quarterback class right now, this is who Quinn Ewers would be putting himself up against, and this is who Quinn Ewers would be compared to. 
right? Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, and more, right? When you hear those names, where does Quinn Ewers rank, right? I've looked at a ton of uh, mock drafts. I've looked at a ton of, you know, NFL evaluators, how they've talked about the quarterbacks and everything, and it seems as though Caleb Williams and Drake May are in a class of their own, right? Jaden Daniels, coming back to LSU this year, has significantly improved his draft stock. He looks like a uh, Heisman candidate, maybe even the Heisman frontrunner. I've seen a lot of mock drafts with him in the first round. Obviously, Michael Penix Jr. has been the Heisman frontrunner for the majority of the season, uh, going on probably leading uh, college football and passing for the second year in a row. He's put himself in first round conversations. Bo Nix leading college football and completion percentage this year. He's been special. He's put himself in first round conversations. And I really don't see it with J.J. McCarthy, but they win a lot at Michigan. And he has a lot of talent, a five star coming out of high school. And he's been in some first round conversations and on a lot of mock drafts I see. So if you're looking at it from Quinn Ewer's standpoint, you're talking about talking about being a second or third round pick and possibly anywhere between the sixth to ninth quarterback drafted. Right. Where is the value in that when, like I said, you can just come back to Texas and compete for championships and next year you could be one of the top one to three quarterbacks drafted. It makes all the sense in the world for Quinn Ewers to separate himself from this really talented quarterback class this year and come back in a weaker class next year Will he'll be viewed as one of the top quarterbacks in college football. You remember that Cat Williams joke where he talked about uh, Chrysler 300s and Phantoms, like a Chrysler 300 looks like a Phantom until a Phantom pulls up right now. Quinn Ewers is a Chrysler 300 amongst some other Chrysler 300s in this draft class, but there's a couple phantoms at the top. Maybe next year, Quinn Ewers will be one of those phantoms that gets picked in the top 10 to top 15. Also, there's some things development-wise that I think Quinn Ewers can show NFL evaluators that we haven't seen a ton of at his tenure during the University of Texas over the last two years. One thing is tight window throws. It feels like a lot of Quinn Ewers' completions are wide open or schemed by Steve Sarkeesian, which is great in college football, but those are going to be tighter windows in the NFL, right? You're not going to have nearly as much separation from your receivers in the NFL. Can you consistently make tight window throws and execute offense down the field? We haven't seen a ton of that from Quinn Ewers. Not saying he can't do it. It just hasn't been on the tape as much as NFL evaluators would like to see. Extending plays, right? I think Quinn Ewers did a great job earlier in the year of taking off and running when things weren't there. That's something that he added to his bag this year, right? Obviously, he hasn't ran as much since he came back because he dealt with that shoulder injury that he sustained against U of H, and he's probably still sore and hurting. So I understand why he's not taking off and running right now. But when I say extend plays, I more so mean getting out of the pocket, right? Rolling to your left, rolling to your right, evading pressure, right? Um, and, and making plays downfield with your arm, right? Extending plays, getting out of the pocket. And we don't see a ton of that from Quinn Ewers, right? We either see Quinn Ewers throwing, you know, from a clean pocket or just taking off and running. Right. But we don't see a lot of him getting out of the pocket, rolling to the left or rolling to the right, extending those plays and then making those kind of um, those turning those broken plays into big plays down the field. Right. We don't see a ton of that from Quinn Ewers. I think you have to be able to do that at the NFL level to be successful. Improvement on the deep ball. Right. I think that he can improve in all areas in terms of his accuracy, even though he made a big jump this year. But if we're going to scream arm talent, arm talent, arm talent, when it comes to Quinn Ewers, you got to complete more than about 25 to 30 percent of those deep balls. And I think coming back for another year, he certainly can improve on that. I think better understanding of progressions and defenses uh, will benefit Quinn Ewers a lot in terms of the eyes of NFL evaluators. Right. When you look at this offense under Steve Sarkeesian, I think our passing game has been a little bit limited. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of 
uh, you know, Quinn Ewers reads are predetermined, right? Whether that be by him or Steve Sarkeesian. I think we go into a lot of pass plays saying we're going to look at Xavier Worthy. We're going to look at, you know, Adonai Mitchell. And if it's not there, we're going to throw it away or we're going to take off and run, right? Where, you know, in the NFL, you have to be able to still win games and still execute offense when they take your first read away, when they take your second read away or when, you know, whoever the play is supposed to go to, if he's not there, you have to find another option. And we haven't seen enough of that, in my opinion, from Quinn Ewers, right? When your first option, Xavier Worthy, is not there, if your first option is Adonai Mitchell or he's your second option and he's not there, can you still execute offense all the way down the field? Like I said, we haven't seen enough of that from Quinn Ewers yet. Another year in the system will certainly benefit him in that regard. And I think that's another reason why players like Jordan Whittington and JT Sanders have been underutilized in the receiving game because they're not typically going to be the first or second read. Right. And so how often is Quinn Ewers getting to his third or fourth read, which is typically JT Sanders and Jordan Whittington, not often, which is why they're underutilized most weeks in this offense. Right. I think NFL evaluators want to see this Texas team win games because of Quinn Ewers. Right. I think for the better part of the last two years, we've been winning games because of our running game and our defense. And we've asked Quinn Ewers to be a really talented game manager. But when you look at those quarterbacks I mentioned earlier, um, Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, uh, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, I can all point to examples of games this year where they put the team on their back and went out and won the game as the starting quarterback. I think NFL evaluators want to see performances like that from Quinn Ewers another year in college would help. And showing ability to stay healthy, right? He has missed six out of 27 potential games. If Texas were to play 14 games this year, they're on pace to do that based on their current college football playoff ranking. And then the 13 games last year, he would have missed six out of 27. I'm counting the Alabama game as a miss because he only played the first quarter, which is 22%. How can you convince an NFL franchise that you can be the face of the franchise if you're only available for 78% of the games? It's not possible. So because of a very talented quarterback class this year and some things that I think Quinn Ewers can still improve on, in terms of the tape, it would be a great decision for him to come back to the University of Texas next year and improve his draft status. Now, what would Quinn Ewers returning mean for the University of Texas? I think it's a great deal because it gives you the best case scenario at the most important position, right? We know that quarterback is the most important position in football, and this Texas team is losing a ton of talent right after this year, and you're not sure how you know, good you'll be next year. You have a ton of talent on the roster, but you're not sure how good you'll be in the first year of the SEC. And I think it's very important because there's a lot of people waiting to put the narrative on Texas that they can't win in the SEC. What they're doing right now is only possible because they're in the Big 12. Do you want to trust Malik Murphy or Arch Manning going into your first year in the SEC in the first year of a 12-team college football playoff when Texas should be national championship contenders. If you're talking about the difference between Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Manning right now, I think Quinn Ewers certainly gives you the best opportunity to go out and be a national championship contender next year because he should be one of the three best quarterbacks in college football, and Texas should be one of the three best teams in college football. Do you really want to throw Malik Murphy or Arch Manning out there and say, go beat Michigan on the road, go beat Georgia you know, at home in your first year as a starting quarterback? No. Right. And Quinn Ewers coming back definitely prevents you from having to do that. So I think it's best case scenario for Quinn, best case scenario for this Texas football team. And now you're already on the, you know, the doorstep of being a national championship contender this year. I think with Quinn Ewers returning, you're certainly one of the favorites to win a national championship in 2024. A quick word from our sponsors. And what could this decision by Quinn mean for Malik Murphy and Arch Manning? 
Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So go to LinkedIn Jobs, or go to, excuse me, go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college, LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Remember, terms and conditions do apply. So, what would the decision uh, by Quinn Ewers to return to the University of Texas for another year mean for Malik Murphy and Arch Manning? We'll start with Malik Murphy. And Malik Murphy has been on campus essentially the same amount of time um, as Quinn Ewers. And we thought that he would get more opportunity to play this year. Now, we didn't expect him to start two games, but, you know, Quinn Ewers has, you know, missed, spent time missing games the last three years he was a starter. Um, and then we saw Malik Murphy in the BYU and Kansas State games. And I don't think that he played bad, right? Like, I don't think he played bad. I think that, you know, you would expect those growing pains from a young quarterback making his first starts in meaningful Big 12 games. But I'm not sure that Malik Murphy did himself any favors, at least at the University of Texas, right? With Arch Manning looming and Quinn Ewers returning, having those three turnovers in two games and for the most part looking a little shaky and looking like he still needs a ton of work, right? So if Quinn Ewers were to return for, you know, another year and with Arch Manning waiting in the wings, does that kind of make Malik Murphy the odd man out when that seems like that's been kind of the narrative for the last year or so. So if Quinn Ewers were to come back for another year and Malik Murphy were to decide to stay, that would be three consecutive years as a backup with no guarantee it'll pay off. Because let's say Malik Murphy stays next year and says, okay, well, Quinn stays another year. It'll only be my third year on campus. In my fourth year, I still have every opportunity to compete with Arch Manning and win the job in 2025. Well, what happens if you don't win the job? in 2025 then what did you stay here at the university of texas for you can say development yeah that's cool and all whatever but all these players want to get on the field and play football and the longer you stay at the university of texas trying to win the job at the university of texas the less fruitful your options will be in the transfer portal so if malik murphy were to stay now another year and back up quinn ewers hoping he could win the job in 2025 that could limit his opportunities on the back end if it doesn't pay off by him beating Arch Manning for the job in 2025. There's no guarantee that Malik Murphy would even be second string again next year. They might promote uh, Arch Manning to second string. Secondly, Quinn's decision to return or us hearing about it <laughs> through the media means that I don't think the staff feels comfortable with Malik starting it, right? I don't think they feel comfortable handing the reins over to Malik Murphy or Arch Manning for that matter next year, right? Because Quinn Ewers is a very talented quarterback, right? And he's a very high profile quarterback. But Quinn Ewers does not have the ability to hold this staff hostage, right? Quinn Ewers can only return to the University of Texas because the staff at the University of Texas wants him to return, right? Like Quinn Ewers can't just walk in the office and say, I'm coming back, deal with it, right? If the staff here at the University of Texas did not want Quinn Ewers to return to Texas, they would tell him to go to the NFL draft, right? I'm not saying they would kick him out and throw his stuff on the ground. I'm not saying they would, you know what I mean, like be rude about it. But they would say, hey, I think your best opportunity next year is in the NFL. And they would move on to Arch Manning or Malik Murphy. Them welcoming Quinn Ewers back to the University of Texas tells me, one, they know how important next year is to win in your first year in the SEC and in the first year of a 12-team playoff when this team has a ton of talent on it and could strike at the right time and compete for a national championship. 
And two, it tells me they're inviting Quinn Ewers back because they think he's the best of the three options they have right now between Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, and Arch Man. So if you've been on campus for what would be going on your third year, and the staff is still telling you that they don't feel comfortable with you starting, then you might have to make the decision to seek another university, another environment, and another staff that is ready to invest in you currently as a starter, if that's what you want currently from your college experience. And so that brings me to my next point that likely makes the best decision to transfer this offseason, right? You did get in some, um, you know, some garbage action earlier in the season, but it wasn't really anything uh, to write home about, but you did get in and play in the U of H game at the end. That game was in the balance. You led Texas to a win and then you came out. And like I said, you did have three turnovers in two games, but you beat BYU and you beat Kansas State, right, which was a ranked team. And so even though it wasn't always pretty, you should still have some viable options in the transfer portal this offseason. And I'm just worried. I shouldn't even say worried, but there is a possibility that if Malik Murphy were to try to stay another year, then he won't have the same options next year in the transfer portal than he will this offseason. So I think now, because of Quinn Ewer's likely decision to return to Texas next year, the best option for Malik Murphy would try to become a starter next year in another environment at another university. I hate putting people in the transfer portal, but I'm just being real. And the best option for Malik moving forward likely is to find somewhere else to play college football. Now, what does this mean for Arch Manning, right? Because it definitely seems as though you know, Arch Manning uh, is the heir apparent to Quinn Ewers. I'm not going to get into all of the politics and all of that. But obviously, when you're the number one, <laughs> you know, uh, ranked recruit in your class, when you're one of the highest ranked recruits of all time, when your last name is Manning, there's going to be a lot of people at the University of Texas pushing Arch Manning into the starting role right after Quinn Ewers leaves. And based on what we saw from Malik Murphy, he almost did himself a disservice because there was so much hype for Malik on the Texas side because there was he was the unknown right and arch is the unknown now because we've now seen malik murphy our perception of malik is going to be what we saw right we can say yeah he's going to get better he's going to develop all of that but when we think about malik we're going to think of what we saw against kansas state and byu and so are the people that put a lot of money into these decisions and help make these decisions right so um this certainly looks like arch is the heir apparent to quinn ewers and i'm not, I'm not saying that that's the wrong decision right i certainly believe that arch will be a very good you know quarterback for this texas football team if Quinn Ewers comes back in 2024, I think that takes a ton of pressure off of Arch Manning, right? He already, um, just based off name value, is going to have a ton of stories written about him, a ton of media attention, a ton of scrutiny on him. And he would be a redshirt freshman starting in Texas first year in the SEC. And in that first year would have to go to go on the road to play and try to beat Michigan and then have to beat Georgia at home or play Georgia at home, I should say. And those are two of the three best programs in college football right now. That's what you would be asking Arch Manning to do in his redshirt freshman year. Also, Texas should be one of the 12 best teams in the country next year. But you're asking Arch Manning in his redshirt freshman year to lead Texas on a deep playoff run and possibly to a national championship, right? I think that's a lot to ask of a redshirt freshman, regardless of what his last name is. If Quinn Ewers can come in and take that pressure, having been here on campus for three years, he's better equipped, right, and better developed to handle it. Then that takes the pressure off of Arch Manning, where he can play in the second year in the SEC after another year of development and learning the system. He should be better for it in 2025. 
And at that point, he should be ready to dominate at a high level, right? Based on his pedigree and his talent level, two years in this system under Steve Sarkeesian, he definitely should be one of the best quarterbacks in the country in 2025, rather than coming in in a very important season for the Longhorns in 2024, where there could be a ton of groin pains. By the time we see him in 2025, he better be one of the best quarterbacks in college football for sure. And then when I look at it, 2025, we talk about next year, but you're losing a lot of talent you know, off of this team. And, you know, there is a chance, you know, going into the SEC that, you know, this team could take a step back. I'm going to knock on wood because hopefully that's not the case. Right. But if Texas were to go nine and three or eight and four next year, I don't think anybody would be too surprised, you know, based on their schedule and, you know, taking a step up in competition. But this is a team right now that could end the season with one loss. Right. You know, and then when you look at the 2025 team, I'm looking at a top five class in 2022. That'll be seniors. I'm looking at a top five class in 2023. That'll be juniors. And I'm looking at a potential top five class in 2024. That will be sophomores with Arch Manning at the helm. Right. So 2025 could certainly be a dream team for Arch Manning in his first year starting at the University of Texas. So when we talk about everybody involved, it may not be best case scenario for Malik Murphy, but certainly for Arch Manning, Steve Sarkeesian in the University of Texas and Quinn Ewers, it would be a great decision to forego the NFL in 2024 and return to the University of Texas to help improve his draft stock. Like I said, Phantoms over Chrysler 300s. Right now, the NFL is looking at Quinn Ewers like a Chrysler 300. Next year, they'll be looking at him like a Phantom. A quick word from our sponsors, and we're talking about the keys to beating Texas Tech this Friday. All right, this episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Prize Picks. What is Prize Picks? Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And now, because basketball season is here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball and the specials league. You can bet on LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at the same time. How can you do that? You ask. Well, you can bet on LeBron James three-pointers made. You can bet on Travis Kelsey receptions. You combine those two numbers into one bet, and you're betting on Travis Kelsey and LeBron James at the same time. You can only do that on prize picks. Speaking of things you can only do on prize picks, prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy all my homies made money last week when joe burrow got hurt in the first half that was only possible because of prize picks go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to 100 prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to 100 so i have to say this game on friday night against texas tech i'll certainly be in the building um, and man, I'm excited. All right. There's going to be a ton of emotion, a ton of fire uh, in this matchup on Friday. Um, I mean, it's just so much surrounding it. Right. You know, senior night, um, you know, Texas playing for their Big 12 chances, Texas playing for uh, their college football chances, Texas Tech coming in with, you know, wanting nothing more than to ruin all of that for the University of Texas. It's senior night, you know, last ever uh, you know, regular season home game in the Big 12. You know, I mean, there's just so much going on that makes this game a premier matchup on Friday. I cannot wait to see 
the environment in DKR. And I think it's the only second, only the second night game in DKR this year outside of Wyoming. So, uh, you know, the crowd should definitely be turned um, and, and it's going to be a fun environment. Like I said, I can't wait to be there on Friday. But the most important uh, thing is the football game that's being played on the field. And, you know, Texas needs to do everything in their power to make sure that they win this game. And, you know, like I said, keep all of their hopes for uh, college football playoff, a Big 12 championship and hopefully a national championship alive. Right. And I think the first key to doing that is to control your emotions. Right. You want to play inspired, not emotional. Um, and games like this, you can. Uh, you know, get out of your mindset, right? You can lose focus. You can start to play emotional. You can get into it with the other team. Um, and that can affect your focus and that can affect your execution, right? And like I said, you want to play inspired, right? There's a lot going on. It's senior night. Uh, it's a team that, you know, was talking a bunch of junk and beat you last year. The commissioner who basically said he's rooting for Texas Tech to beat you is going to be in the building. So there's going to be a lot of fire and intensity on both sides, but you have to use that as motivation to play inspired, but don't let it affect how you play emotionally because if you start to play too emotionally like i said that could affect your focus that could affect your execution and ultimately it could affect the outcome and the score of the game if you can go in there and play inspired based on what everything is going on and not play emotional you are the better team and that should take place over 60 minutes for texas to win this football game the second key to beating texas tech is winning the running game right you are facing one of the best running backs you faced all year, maybe all year, right? And Taj Brooks um, and Cedric Baxter, right? Because you lost Jonathan Brooks is the running back, the starting running back that has to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Taj Brooks, who, like I said, has been one of the best running backs, not only in the Big 12, but in the country. And he's averaging 138 yards per game over his last nine games, while Cedric Baxter had 130 scrimmage yards last week in his coming out party after Jonathan Brooks tore his ACL. I think both teams are going to need to lean on their running backs to win this game. I think Texas Tech potentially a little bit more than Texas, but I think the running back that wins this matchup between Cedric Baxter and Taj Brooks, whoever is more productive, I think they will have the advantage in terms of their team winning the game. Like I said, I think Texas can win the game or they can afford for Cedric Baxter to not have the performance that Texas Tech needs Taj Brooks to have, but you don't even want to leave that up to chance, right? I think whoever wins this running back matchup between Taj Brooks and Cedric Baxter, whoever is more productive on Friday, their team will win the game, right? When we look at it, this Texas football team, the key to beating Texas Tech on Friday and certainly will what will be what's it will be a very emotional game um, is do not turn the ball over. Right. You cannot give this team extra opportunities. You cannot give this team extra juice, because like I said, they've had a disappointing season and all of that will change if they come in there and beat Texas. I mean, come in there and beat Texas. Right. All of the narratives will change. Everything will change. Right. Like there's so much riding on this game. And they're amped, right? And they're looking to take every opportunity they can in the margins to win this game. You cannot give this team extra opportunities. And coincidentally, you lost the game last year because of a turnover by B. John Robinson in overtime. This Texas football team, although they've been able to win these games, they have four straight games with a turnover. And their average margin of victory over the last three, I took out the BYU game because they won by 29 points, is only five points per game, right? Against Texas, uh excuse me, against Iowa State, Kansas State, and TCU. That's what I meant to say, right? Texas Christian, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> You're only averaging a five points per game margin of victory, right? That's a one possession game. That could be changed or flipped based on a turnover, right? So four straight games with a turnover for this Texas football team. You cannot make it five or you're putting yourself in jeopardy of losing to Texas Tech in the last regular game, regular season game of the season. Three sacks and a turnover in four of the last five games for this Texas defense. You have forced turnovers in all five games, the past five games for the University of Texas, and that's why you're a 5-0 and in those games. So the defense has done a really good job of 
like I said, not just being sound, not just executing, but making those splash plays on the defensive side of the ball that change games. And when I mentioned, you know, that five points per game margin of victory over the last three games, then sacks and turnovers by the defense go a long way into making sure that Texas comes out on top. So they've done a really good job of, you know, getting sacks, getting to the quarterback and forcing turnovers in their last five games. I think they're going to have to do it one more time in DKR to face off and beat Texas Tech on Friday. I think they're going to have to take opportunities from Texas Tech's offense and give more opportunities to the Texas offense. And then before we get out of here, senior night on Friday, and this is a really special group of seniors, right? These, This is a group of seniors that started in the Tom Herman era, dealt with a lot of misfortune and losing at the University of Texas, dealt with a bad culture, um, just dealt with football that probably wasn't fun, right? And Steve Sarkeesian came in and the first year wasn't fun. You go five and seven. But since then, right now, Steve Sarkeesian is what, I guess, 18 and six, right, over the last two years. And these football players that help set that culture and help bring in winning football with this new regime under Steve Sarkeesian and his staff. I'm so glad that they get to celebrate the fruits of their labor this year, right? And I'm not going to mention every senior, but when you talk about players like Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jordan Whittington, Christian Jones, Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jake Majors, who not only have played like some of the best players in the country, but stayed from the previous regime and helped build a winning culture under Steve Sarkeesian, this the fan base is grateful for it. Uh, the staff is grateful for it. And the contributions they have made to this football program will benefit this football program for years, maybe even decades to come. So once again, Savandre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jordan Whittington, Christian Jones, Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jake Majors, all of the seniors getting recognized on Friday night. I salute you. You have done so much for this Texas football program. Cannot wait to see you ball or whatever you do in your future endeavors. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns Park of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I expect to have some more episodes this week, but I'll say it if this is the last one you listen to. Happy holidays. Hook them. Peace.